<laughs> that was quick. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, it's good to see you this morning. I, I pray that you are blessed as we have partaken of, of the Lord's Supper as He's commanded. And I pray that you're blessed as you are reminded of the precious gift that the Lord Jesus has given us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, the Apostle Peter makes it absolutely clear that we are indeed to construct Christian character, both in the individual Christian and as the body of Christ in the church. But as we've already learned, we must begin with salvation through faith. And while we are exercising that faith, we are to become morally excellent. And while becoming morally excellent, we're to increase in knowledge. And while increasing in knowledge, we're to develop self-control. While we're developing self-control, we're to build up our perseverance. While adding to our perseverance, we're to be growing in godliness. And while growing in godliness, we're to add brotherly kindness. And as we're adding brotherly kindness to our Christian character, we will begin to magnify Christian love. Peter says that if these things are yours, if these traits are yours and they are increasing, then you will be productive and you'll be useful in the kingdom of God. To construct Christian character, friends, you must begin with salvation through faith. The building block of salvation is the very foundation of our Christian lives. To that foundation, we learned last week that we are to add moral excellence. That is the building block of separation. We are to separate ourselves from the world. We are to be in contact with the world, but not be contaminated by the world. Right? Right. All right. So as we continue today to construct Christian character, today we're going to find that we must add knowledge. We must add knowledge, which is the building block of sanctification. Now that was a big word, so I had to put it diagonal. Amen? All right. The building block of sanctification as we continue to construct Christian character in our own individual lives and in the life of our church. All right. First, we are saved. We are staked out. We stake out God's property by stating the fact that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo! That was good, y'all. In harmony, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Gosh, I love y'all. Amen. Then, as God's power begins to come upon you, then you begin to separate yourself from that old sin life. And you begin to separate yourself unto God and His service. Now, as you grow in knowledge, as you begin to grow in the Word of God, you will move toward sanctification. You will become a positive influence for the cause of Christ. Now, sanctification is just a $10 word that means cleaned up. It means ready to use. 
That's what sanctification means. And friends, understanding how you're cleaned up, understanding how you're made ready to use, comes from knowing the truth. Say truth. Truth. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Because Jesus says that when we're sanctified, when we're made ready to use, we're done, we're do so through him and through the power of his word, through the power of truth. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 31, follow along with me. In verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He says, if you abide in my word, that is, if you live under the direction of my word, then you are truly my disciples. That is, that's one of the evidence that you belong to Jesus. And then he says, and you shall know the truth, that is, if you abide in his word, you shall know the truth, and the truth, my friends, shall make you free. Amen. Now, I've heard that it would take about 147 years to complete all the courses that are offered at Harvard University. Can you imagine how much knowledge you would have packed in your brain if you had all the knowledge that Harvard University had to offer? Can you imagine that? Yes or no? I can't imagine it either. But let me tell you something. Today, your head is what I'm after. I'm after your head today. Because if God can capture your heart through faith and also capture your head through knowledge, then he can provide you with the freedom. He'll set you free to do a remarkable, brand new work in your life. And he desires to do that. You see, it's trust plus truth that equals freedom. Trust plus truth equals freedom that, to, for a life set apart for God. And that's what he desires. He desires that you be sanctified, cleaned, made ready to use, set apart for his use. And I'll just tell you this right now, that if you think that you're saved, but your life is not leading to be set apart for God, then your salvation is fake. Is that too bold to say this morning? That if you think you're saved, but your life is not set apart for the use of God, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're doing it, then your salvation is fake. It ain't real, friends. Because that's what God does. He'll take the life that's given to Him, and He will do a remarkable new work for his glory. Now, after you're saved, if you're not growing, if you're not becoming more like Jesus Christ on a daily basis, I can tell you with certainty that your salvation is counterfeit. It's not real. It's make-believe. So I pray that the word of God will speak to your heart today. Now, the Lord Jesus gives us three features concerning this building block of sanctification. The first Feature is the source of truth. We need to know the source of truth. Friends, truth must be found. Somebody don't come and just lay truth in your lap under normal circumstances. Truth must be found. It must be discovered for
for oneself. To find truth, friend, you got to seek it out. You got to find it. You got to go find out the truth. But what is truth? And where can I find this truth? After all, a Muslim says he knows where the truth is. A Buddhist says he knows the truth. An atheist who believes there's no God, he says he knows the truth. An agnostic who just don't have enough evidence that there's God, he thinks he's got the truth. They've all got their different views. And we could go on for countless days listing all the belief systems that think they know the truth. But they're basing their idea of truth on false facts. False facts. So where do we go? Well, the Bible teaches that there are three sources of truth. Three sources of truth. The first of which is the person of truth. Jesus says about himself in the Bible that I am the way, I am the truth. That means I ain't the truth. That means you ain't the truth. That Jesus Christ is the man of truth. He is the person of truth. And it just so happens to say that he says, abide in my word. The person of truth says that. That's where you'll find the truth is in the word of Jesus Christ. But the Bible also teaches us that there is a place of truth. A place of truth. In 1 Timothy 3.15, the Bible says that the church of the living God is the pillar or the ground of truth. Now, in biblical times, a pillar was often set up in the market square. In the middle of the market square. And announcements from the king were then posted to the pillar. So if that was the case, the pillar was proclaiming what the king said. Do you see that likewise, as the church, we are to be a pillar. We are to be proclaiming what King Jesus said. Okay? But the church is also the ground of truth. It's the foundation. It's the very supporting structure of the truth. And the church has been entrusted with defending and supporting the truth of God. Now, if you ever find yourself in a church where the Bible is not preached, if you ever find yourself in a church where the truth is not proclaimed, can I tell you under no certain terms, you need to get out. Because there's no truth there. You've got to pursue, pursue the truth. You've got to seek it out. You've got to devour it. Life is too short, friends, to be immersed in a group who thinks they know more about God than God knows about himself. Okay? Now, there's a third source of truth in the Bible, and it is called the page of truth. The page of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 teaches us that the Bible is the word of truth. It is the word of truth. It says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. In America, friends, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are marching up that middle aisle. They are praying and asking God to be saved. They are even declaring that Jesus is Lord and they've even been baptized. But you know what? 
So many of them stop right there. They don't go any further past that day. And they've never included the building block of separation to be morally excellent. And they've never included the building block of knowledge that leads to a life that's set apart for God. They've stopped. On that first day, they stopped. Here at church, we teach that Jesus Christ, as He's revealed in the Word of God, is the source of truth. Please know that Jesus is truth. But also there in John 8, 31, we also see that Jesus says, you need to continue in, you need to abide in, you need to remain in my word. That tells me that we need to be actively involved in the study of truth. The study of truth. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture, how much? All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Every bit of it. Page to page, cover to front. Everything, all of it is given by inspiration of God. It tells us what the truth is. That's doctrine. It tells us what's not truth. That's reproof. It tells us how to align ourselves with the truth. That is correction. And it also tells us how to grow in the truth. That's instruction. And we need to be actively uh, pursuing the truth because it's all available right here in the Bible. And friends, can I tell you that this book can change your life if you will let it. I recently went to this new buffet called Mongolian Grill. Lord, Lord. Six plus bars of food after food after food. While they had salad bar with all the toppings. Man, they had this Chinese food bar and it had fried rice, egg rolls, mugu gai pan, chop suey, chow mein, and all those other funny sounding names. It had a seafood bar with stuffed shrimp. It had crab legs. It had salmon. It had a meat bar with prime rib cooked to perfection. Oh, it had steaks. It had brisket. It had all those kind of meats that you like. It also had a dessert bar with banana pudding. Yeah, y'all know how I like banana pudding, amen? But it also had blackberry cobbler. It also had ice cream. This Mongolian grill was incredible, y'all. And there I was. I was sitting by myself, and I was porking out. You hear me? But you know, it got me to thinking that an unread Bible, a Bible that's collecting dust up on your shelf or in your dashboard, it's kind of like going to the Mongolian grill and ordering a stinking bologna sandwich. You just don't get what you paid for. Man, every believer needs to be spending time in the truth, in the Word of God. Why, Brother Bill? Why do I have to spend time? That's all you talk about is spending time in the Word of God. Why? Well, I didn't say it. God did. He's called all of His children to use our brain and to begin constructing Christian Character. By doing what? By adding 
knowledge. By adding knowledge so that we will lead to moral excellence and also to sanctification. I read a portion of a book, and the portion of the book was entitled, New Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And in that book, Josh McDowell wrote this. He said, the Bible is the only book that was written over the course of 1,500 years. He said, the Bible is the only book that was written by more than 40 authors from every walk of life. Kings, commanders, peasants, fishermen, tax collectors, poets, musicians, scholars, shepherds. He said, the Bible is the only book that was written at different times during war and sacrifice and also during peace and prosperity. He said, the Bible is the only book that was written during different moods, during heights of joy and the depths of sorrow. It was written during times of uncertainty, during times of certainty and conviction. It was also written during times of confusion and doubt. He said, the Bible is the only, the only book that was written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. He said, it's the only book written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. He said, it's written in all kinds of styles. It's written in poetry and stories and songs. It's written in romance and letters and parables and prophecy and law and biography. And the Bible addresses all kinds of hot topics. Hot topics like marriage. Hot topics like divorce. Hot topics like adultery and homosexuality. Telling the truth and being a liar. It addresses parenting and obedience. And it also addresses how to construct Christian character. What a wonderful book. And he said that despite this diversity, despite this mixture of, of topics and things, there's one single unfolding story throughout. God's plan to redeem lost human beings through its leading character, Jesus Christ. What an amazing book. Can I remind you this morning that being a Christian is not based on how you feel? That being a Christian is based on the truth. You may not feel like you're a Christian, but you need to examine what the truth of God says about your relationship with God. The only way to know the truth is to go to the source and study it. That's how you're going to find it. How many Bama fans have we got in here? Raise your hand. How many Bama fans? All right. How many Auburn fans? Uh -huh. How many Tennessee fans? Uh -huh. How many Florida fans? I'm with you, sister. I love college football, and I know many of you do too. But do you ever find it just a, a little unsettling? That we can park it right in front of a television for three hours, but spending three hours in the Word of God, you are out of your brain. Some of us can spend four hours chasing around a little white ball. We 
Would we dare spend four hours in the Word of God? I know you have this week, hadn't you, bro? Brother Marshall taught Sunday school this morning. Hallelujah. Good job. I know some Christians that watch the evening news at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. Same news, three times. For a buck and a half, they watch it. Would we ever consider giving the same amount of time to the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word? Bottom line is that most people simply don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know what the Bible says. Some say, but I can't understand it, Brother Bill. But I can speak for one lady here today who felt that way and some months back went and got her a study Bible. She said, I'm going to understand this word and I'm going to go get me a study Bible and I'm going to let it unfold in front of me. And I know for a fact it's blessed her. If you think you can't understand the Word of God, you go get you a study Bible and then begin to spend a little time in it. You'll grow in your understanding, amen? we got to study the truth. we got to seek after the truth because understanding begins with reading. And then understanding leads to knowledge. And then knowledge leads to being set apart for the Lord. Sanctification. So we've talked about the source of truth. We've talked about the study of truth. But I also want to point out the strength of truth. The strength of truth. Jesus said, if you continue, if you abide in my word, it proves you're a disciple of mine. He said, and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now I want to know what that was all about. I want to know, how does Jesus set me free? Well, if Jesus is the boss of your life, amen, how many of you, Jesus is the boss? All right, put your hands down. Husbands, how many of you know that your wife is the boss? <laughs> amen. Amen. Wise thinking. Wise thinking. But friends, in reality, if Jesus is the boss of your life, he won't rule over you with oppression. He'll provide for you liberation. He will give you freedom because when truth comes into your life, Jesus will set you free and he'll do it in four ways. He'll set you free in four ways. First, you need to know that when Jesus comes in, when the truth comes in, you can be free from traditions. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus spoke to a bunch of ultra-religious folks and he said, all too well you reject the commandments of God so that you might keep your traditions. It said that those folks forsook God's direction for man's inclination. And I believe that's true. And if we're not careful, friends, we can do the exact same thing. Become so fixed on traditions that we neglect the truth. And I'll be speaking a little bit more about that tonight. Because tonight we're going to be pulling some weeds. Amen? How many of you like to learn how to pull some weeds? We'll see you at 530. Amen? Looking forward to it. But tradition says, you know what, Christian? You need to look right. That's what tradition says. You need to look right. But you know what the Bible says? What the truth says? Truth says you need to be right. Not just look right. You need to be right. Tradition says you need to dress right. Tradition says you need to sit correctly. Tradition says that you've got to look the part. 
I read one story about a preacher had two sons. One of those sons was clean cut, good looking like Brother Bill, amen? <laughs> clean cut, all American boy. Any dad would love to have this guy date his daughter. And then there's the other son. Tattoos all over. Piercings everywhere. And a friend asked the preacher, how do you handle that second son? And he said, the son that doesn't look right is right. He's living in a different culture. He's winning men and women to faith in Jesus Christ. He's reaching people that some people could never reach. He said, I don't particularly like the way he looks. But the truth has been revealed to me. And that is what God said, that the Lord doesn't see as a man sees. That a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's right. You can be freed from your traditions, but you can also be freed from the world's lies. In Romans 1.25, the Bible says that sinful man exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Can I tell you that the world will lie to you in zillions of ways? Probably the biggest lie is, is the world will try to tell you that jealousy and selfish ambition are the way of life. But that's contrary to the truth because the Bible says that we're to serve others, not ourselves. When you come to understand the, the truth of God's word, then you will begin to be set free from selfish ambition. Then you're going to be released to bless God with your service. Be released to, to serve God with all your heart. Not only does God's truth set you free from tradition and from the world's lies, but God's truth can make you free from a personal lack of ignorance or a personal lack of knowledge. It's amazing what some Christians believe is truth that ain't even in the Bible. Many Christians will tell you that, that Satan is in charge of hell. That he's parked down there, he's got horns and a pitchfork, and he's sitting on the throne of, of hell, and he's plotting evil against you. It ain't in there. It's not in the Bible. In fact, God's, God's word says that Satan will be cast into hell one day. And that's good news because your biggest enemy is a loser. Amen. Some people believe that, that Satan is everywhere. Man, he's constantly on my back. I've heard that before. But he's not omnipresent like God is. He's not everywhere all the time. He's just a fallen angel. Some people think that Satan is the source of all temptation in our lives. But he's not. You know who the, the biggest source of temptation is in your life? You. And why does Satan need to bother with you if you're already caught in a snare? Amen? The devil don't have to bother you. You're already caught. The truth of Scripture 
will set you free from personal ignorance. But finally, you can be free from spiritual bondage. You can be released from spiritual bondage. Some people come to church. They march up the middle aisle. They receive Christ as their Savior. Suddenly they think they got to be Mr. Deacon or Mrs. Preacher or Miss Saint. They think they got to be something they're not. When you stand on the truth of God's Word, God wants to use you right where you are. You let Him do the changing. He will change you. But so many people remain unchanged because they do not submit to their maker. They don't submit to the source of truth. They don't surrender all, as the song goes. They remain unchanged because they're trying to be something they're not. We can be spiritually oppressed under spiritual burden Trying to be someone or something that we're not. But when you make your heart right with God, He will make a brand new you. You'll be free from the spiritual expectations of other people. You'll be free to do what God wants you to do where you're at. God urges you today to come by faith and be saved. He urges you then to separate yourself unto moral excellence. To be in contact with the world, but not contaminated by the world. And then he wants you to grow in the knowledge of God's word so that you can live a holy life by the truth. Are any of you missing one of these crucial building blocks? You can't go anywhere until you've given your life to Christ through faith. And you need to know that He wants you to separate yourself from the world and unto Him and be sanctified, be set apart for His use no matter where you're working, no matter where you're living. He wants to use you. So today, if there's a decision you need to make about putting one of these building blocks in your life, maybe you've got a hole in your life because there's a building block missing. I pray that during this invitation, you'd come forward. Allow me to show you what the Word of God says, the truth, and be saved by the truth. Let us pray. Father God, I'm just so grateful that you didn't allow us just to continue to wallow around in a lie. Lord, I'm thankful that you gave us the truth. You gave us the person of truth, Jesus Christ. You gave us the place of truth, the, the pillar of the church. You gave us, you gave us the, the page of truth, the Holy Scriptures, Lord. And if we'll gain knowledge from those places, Father, we can truly truly be set apart for your work. Lord, if it's time for somebody to get right with you today, Lord, I pray that you do a work in their lives.
Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give them that still, soft whisper. And Lord, that you would just lead them to make a decision for you. So that they would be eternally assured that they belong to you. And that they'll be with you for all eternity. Lord, we love you today. And Lord, we ask you to have your work in your way for your glory in this invitation. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing. Oh, so oh.